From the grassroots media team at Weave News, this is Interweaving. Welcome to episode number three of Interweaving. I'm John Collins. When Weave News was created back in 2007, we were inspired by the work of other independent media organizations. Today, we feature a special audio report created by Weave News student journalists about the work of one of those organizations, War News Radio. I'm Lily. I'm Skylar. And I'm Addie. And we're students at St. Lawrence University. Recently, we've been researching various kinds of alternative media coverage, and today we're going to focus on one particular organization called War News Radio. War News Radio is an alternative radio broadcast and website based out of Swarthmore College in Pennsylvania that started out by filling in the gaps of the Iraq War in the early 2000s. Years later, the organization continues to tell the untold stories of witnesses of conflicts throughout the world. We decided to interview a couple of people who know the ins and outs of War News Radio in order to figure out what makes the organization stand out and what kind of an experience working with alternative journalism provides. And since War News Radio has broadened its horizons after the Iraq War, we were curious about how this experience has changed for the students working on it as the world's conflicts and technologies have changed. We had the opportunity to interview Ren Alhai, one of the original students who worked with War News Radio when it first started in 2004. We were curious about where the original idea for War News Radio came from, as well as why Ren and his peers decided it was an important project to pursue. Here's Ren. The original idea was from an alumnus of Swarthmore, well, the general idea. So David Gelber, who formerly was a producer at 60 Minutes, at the time he was a producer at 60 Minutes, He had this sense that young people, college students, were not very engaged in what was going on in the war in Iraq. When he was younger, the equivalent in his mind was the war in Vietnam. And this had been like a very present event for people in college in the 60s. And he wanted to see whether there was some way that his expertise in media and journalism could bring this distant news event home to college campus, uh, specifically Swarthmore, the one that, you know, his, his alma mater, um, and then through the students at Swarthmore, carry these stories to a broader audience, primarily an audience at other college campuses. Ren was a freshman at Swarthmore at the time, taking intro to political science classes and exploring his interest in international relations. He heard about the opportunity to meet with David Gelber, the former 60 Minutes producer, about possibly creating a broadcast, and decided to check it out. Ren says he grew up, quote, addicted to NPR, end quote, and had always been interested in journalism. Here's Ren describing that first meeting. Um, And so I I went to the intro meeting, which ended up being like a weekend long. You know, they were recruiting people to, to get together over the course of a weekend and kind of workshop or pilot what a project could look like if we were to do it. And so I forget, it was probably like a dozen of us who worked with uh, a couple of people, David and a friend of his who'd who'd worked on a radio show during the Vietnam era. And we kind of came up with story ideas and we're like, okay, so what would we be interested in 
to know about the lives of people who are living in Iraq right now. And then from that point, how would we possibly go about trying to find these stories? Over the course of that weekend, the group produced a pilot episode that Ren said was, quote, way too long, end quote. Even so, Ren and his peers were convinced that War News Radio was something that they wanted to keep working on. During that spring semester and into the summer, the team brainstormed ideas for the show and tried to figure out logistics like how long each episode should be, how frequently they should broadcast, and what their overall goals were. During that summer, the team also discussed the perceived advantages of producing alternative media. Ren talked about the original process for finding people to talk to an interview and the impact that that process had on their work and themselves. And so I remember like at the time, you could just go and search for contacts in Skype, like do an advanced search and just search by city or search by location. So like I would literally go in and put in a city in Iraq into the Skype search and it would throw back like a bunch of different user profiles. And I would have a kind of boilerplate introduction in English that I would send to these profiles. And I'm sure we're like really bemused and puzzled about why some college student in Pennsylvania wanted to talk to them. But we got responses sometimes, you know? And I mean, that's the, like one thing that I would explain like when people interviewed us about War News Radio back then, I would explain that I think like a lot of people just were kind of bored. If you couldn't go outside because of the security situation or, you know, there wasn't a lot to do, we provided kind of some service to the people that we were talking to as well in the form of someone from very far away who was interested in their lives. So yeah, I do think that we had that in the way that we did journalism, you know, starting from people first, as opposed to starting from like some big issue that we, you know, some big story that we were trying to break. Like, I think a lot of the stuff that we did would have been difficult. Like there are people that tried to do investigative journalism on the news radio team looking at contractor fraud and uh, veterans healthcare and a bunch of, you know, kind of really hard hitting issues. But I think our, our comparative advantage was definitely in these like little personal vignette stories that we would get by literally calling people out of the phone book or out of the Skype phone book. We thought this idea of Skype cold calling was really interesting, especially considering that sometimes a simple email message to a stranger turned into an incredibly moving story. As Ren explained, this was not something that mainstream outlets were doing at the time, and is what he considered to be one of the advantages of working with War News Radio. I then asked Ren if there was one story in particular that he learned the most from or was most impacted by. There was a software engineer in Basra, and he was one of those guys that would pick up the phone and like, would tell us what's going on. And so he was, he was one of the people that I would call um, frequently and... I'm trying to remember like a specific episode. I, I do remember that there was like a conversation. I believe it was him, like where he was like, we were talking and he was like, oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Oh yeah, there was a bomb or like something, something just blew up. And he's pretty nonchalant about it. But I was like kind of, you know, sweating onto the phone receiver because I'd never had like the experience of hearing gunshots or bombs, you know, go off in close enough that, that I could feel them. We also got the chance to interview Serena Sung Clark, who's currently a student at Swarthmore College. Serena is a senior and works at War News Radio, so we were curious to get some insight into how she began working with the organization and what War News Radio looks like today, almost 15 years after its creation. As the Iraq War has sort of ended and there was basically troops were pulled out, War News Radio has also started to shift its focus onto other kinds of conflicts as well. 
I had heard about this group because I had a couple friends freshman year who did it. It was an organization I was aware of. I actually didn't get involved until the fall of my junior year. I got into it because I had been doing some other organizations on campus. I'd been interested in public health a lot, and I started to be more aware of this organization, and I really enjoyed listening to podcasts. I really like the form of radio as a media, and I wanted to learn more about its production, and I also cared about learning about issues of conflict. I had been reading a lot about the Rohingya um, refugees in Myanmar and Bangladesh. Um, And so for me, it was kind of both sort of reading about things in the news that I felt like people weren't talking about and also wanting to learn more about podcasting that got me into War News Radio. To get a better sense of how current stories are being covered at War News Radio, we decided to ask Serena about the process. What we found is that, surprisingly, not much has changed from when Ren was working at War News Radio to now. Most often, contacts are found through digging around on the internet and using pre-existing relationships. Serena worked on several news pieces. One of them was on the Rohingya refugee crisis, which looked at the conflict between the Burmese government and the Rohingya people. According to her podcast, over 500,000 Rohingya have had to flee to escape the violence. Another news piece that Serena worked on was on the civil war in Yemen. In her podcast, she explores the current state of the Yemeni civil war, in which she interviews local sources, such as journalists and humanitarian activists, to get a better understanding of the historic background of the conflict. Um, so I think there's, I think it's almost always using connections we know. Our first points of connection usually are either talking to academics and then seeing if they know other people. Sometimes those academics themselves will serve as like expert sources in our pieces. We often cold email a lot of people. We'll look up, okay, who knows a lot about this? Or we'll actually contact other reporters as well. So for the Rohingya piece that I did, we actually did talk to a reporter who went to Rakhine State in Myanmar. And so getting kind of the secondhand narrative um, is sometimes what we do, but sometimes these people are also able to redirect us. In the case of the Yemen piece, since I'm just following up on that, our reporters contacted the person directly. I mean, this person was someone who runs an organization in Yemen, and they were able to contact the person directly. So actually, a lot of it is just cold emailing, cold, I've cold LinkedIn people, or if they have a phone number, we can find online somewhere we can call. Serena's description of the process left us curious whether she had ever encountered any memorable experiences like Ren's while covering a story. Here was her answer. I think like the most memorable things are like when I do interviews with people and they tell a part of a story that I hadn't heard before. The most recent piece I worked on was not directly war, but we're trying to understand a kind of economic conflict that arises from the volatility of the price of vanilla. So vanilla um, goes through these huge boom and bust cycles. And in the growing regions of Madagascar, it creates a lot of fluctuation in prices and basically makes the incomes of farmers very volatile. And this, we were talking to, actually, we were talking to a reporter and I had read his articles, but one thing he hadn't mentioned his article and he mentioned to us was in these factories where they pack the vanilla, there were women who, to try to make extra money, would actually steal some of the vanilla pods, but they would steal them by putting them actually like into their bodies, which is 
really graphic, but um, it was just like really kind of unsettling. And that really sat with me and was a very memorable part of that interview. From talking with Ren and Serena, it became clear that participating in this grassroots process enabled the War News radio team to find ordinary citizens to talk with and found that this also let them provide a service to those people by creating more intimate relationships with them. But why else did the team think it was so important to focus on individual stories? I asked Ren this question. We had this sense that these were stories that weren't being told. That, you know, if you if you turned on the television or looked in the newspaper, the stories that you would see were stories with big numbers in them. Like so many thousands of people were forced to leave their homes or so many hundreds of people were killed in some attack or, you know, this is what's going on at the political level. So many billions of dollars have been spent. And our sense was that this missed stories that were also important about how these kind of front page stories were affecting people's lives. Um, and that if people um, had closer connections with these kind of personal level stories, that they would look at the front page stories in a different way and kind of look at them through the context of how they affected people's lives. Ren emphasizes the benefits of looking at conflict at an individual level, in which one can understand not only what is happening in the world, but how those things are changing the lives of people just like them. He then explains the effect this approach had on himself and his student journalist peers. Um, I will say that like one of my big takeaways from War News Radio and something that you might find, you know, kind of in your own experience as a student journalist is that the effect of our journalism on the world um, was probably less than the effect of our journalism on ourselves. So for me, the reason that it was that it was like really transformative and interesting to kind of look at personal stories instead of digging through data and doing kind of you know, like analysis of military strategy or like looking at the religious interethnic religious conflict, at, you know, at a, at a the big picture level, was because it was something that I didn't know you could do, like kind of your academic experience. To that point, my academic experience certainly um, had been that you learn by reading books or articles or things that people with firsthand knowledge have written either about their own experience or about other, other people's experiences or, you know, kind of these theories that, that, that experts come up with to explain the world. And the notion that you could produce useful knowledge or a useful way to understand the world yourself by talking to other people who are also just like you was novel to me. Renz thought that, quote, the effect of our journalism on the world was probably less than the effect of our journalism on ourselves, end quote, reflects his overall perspective on working with an alternative media organization like War News Radio. He suggests that journalism doesn't have to physically change the world to be impactful. And maybe the impact on those doing the work is just as important. If others can realize that they can produce useful knowledge all on their own, like Ren, perhaps a new generation of journalists with a different take on the world will emerge. Serena had a similar response when we asked her about the ways in which working with alternative media has impacted the way she sees mainstream coverage. I think I have a lot more respect for the production of not just radio, but I think as an extension of that, any kind of audiovisual media. I think I didn't understand before I started the process 
of that. I honestly think that media and the reporting that the media does can be very high quality. I think that when War News Radio was starting, I think one large reason for the founding of War News Radio was that very many human stories being told. And while in many newspapers that is true, I mean, my news feed, say on Facebook, is now filled a lot more with these kind of human stories. When I was working in the Rohingya piece, the angle we took was not necessarily focusing just on one person or one person's story, but there was a lot of articles in Al Jazeera. There are a lot of articles on in the Washington Post, et cetera, that actually were doing this kind of work and telling human stories. So I actually, War News Radio has not made me cynical about the media. It's actually made me more appreciative of what people in the media do and journalists do. For Serena, War News Radio has given her a new perspective on the way she sees media. What was interesting to see was the relationship between how her work has now impacted her personal life. Serena mentioned that her Facebook feed is now filled a lot more with human stories. What I find so striking about that is the way it related to Ren's experience of working at War News Radio. Both Serena and Ren have formed their own personal bonds with the stories that they've reported on, which is a testimony for the impact grassroots organizations can have on young journalists. So, as to our question about how War News Radio has changed the way it impacts students over the years, both Ren and Serena seem to agree that working with the organization gave them a chance to produce their own content, learn about things they wouldn't have otherwise, and most importantly, focus on telling the stories of everyday human beings. While Ren remains somewhat skeptical about mainstream media producing more meaningful content, Serena says she does see a change in the kinds of stories being produced today. Either way, both Serena and Ren express an appreciation for the process of gathering and producing knowledge, and recognize the importance of really trying to understand the world on their own terms. Since War News Radio, Ren has worked as a U.S. Foreign Service officer for several years and is currently in grad school at Stanford University. Serena is still a student at Swarthmore, which enables her to continue to be a leading voice in the organization. Through the work that they both do, perhaps a new generation of journalists will be encouraged to pursue an alternative path while putting people's stories first. You can learn more about War News Radio by visiting warnewsradio.org or by listening to the War News Radio podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and at warnewsradio.podbean.com. A very special thank you to Ren Elhai and Serena Sun-Clark for taking the time out of their busy lives to let us interview them for this episode. That was Addie, Lily, and Skyler, students at St. Lawrence University, with the profile of the grassroots media organization, War News Radio. We'll have another episode of Interweaving in two weeks, so please consider subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play. To get regular updates on all our content, follow us on Facebook or Twitter, at Weave News. And as always, thanks for listening. This is Interweaving.